This is the Kingdom Corner broadcast on the wonderful fall day of September 15th out here in the Pacific Northwest is where I'm coming to you from. And this is our first broadcast from the Kingdom Corner where we talk about all things of the kingdom culture. Jesus prayed, for thine is the kingdom and the glory forever and ever in earth as it is in heaven. And that's what we're going to discuss about in this podcast through the weeks to come, is how do we tangibly live the kingdom culture in earth as it is in heaven? What do we need to be doing to do that? What are the traits of that? We're going to jump right into the first broadcast, and I'm going to speak to you on filling the earth with the glory of God. Filling the earth with the glory of God. I have two scriptures I'm going to share. Habakkuk 2.14 For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And then Isaiah 6, 1-4 In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood before him, each having six wings. With two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds trembled, at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filled with smoke. Again, today we're talking about how do we fill the earth with the glory of God or filling the earth with his glory. The intent of this lesson, and I'm going to split it up into two parts, the intent of my lesson is this, to show clearly from Scripture, one, we as his sons and daughters are to bear and clearly display God's glory to the world on earth as it is in heaven, like Jesus prayed. And point number two, that we are co-workers or partners together as his sons and daughters with the Father in the process of producing his glory on earth, again, as it is in heaven. Having said that, let's go right into it and look at the word glory. It's a wonderful word. The Hebrew word for glory is kavod, meaning abundance, splendor, richness, heaviness. That is like a presence. When, when uh, Solomon, I'm remembering, when he prayed for wisdom and the glory of God came down, it was a heavy, rich presence that fell all around that tabernacle. So, beauty, honor, and dignity. In this word, there is, and this is what I'm going to get at today, an emphasis on the process of a commodity, that is, glory, being created or produced. This is not a passive word, but it's active in its intense actions and results. The Greek word parallels this word. It's much the same, but it adds a little more to the meaning of glory. Doxa, meaning preeminence, magnificence, Excellence, that which is praiseworthy, full of grace, also good judgment. Again, with this word, there's an emphasis on 
manifestation equality, that is glory, being shown or displayed. A manifestation of glory or a quality of glory being shown or displayed. Again, the Old Testament, it's a commodity that's made and created and produced. It's not a passive word. It's active in intent, action, and results. Okay, so over the years, many in the church have assumed that the glory of God was just the appearance of his presence or the happening of God all around us. However, this is not the total picture or truth that God wants us to know. Sure, that can happen, but there's much more to the word than that. God's glory is not just a passive thing that happens. Like I said, it could, but it's not always that way. There is usually a process behind God's glory coming forth, showing up, or being manifested. Today, in this lesson, I want to submit to you and emphasize glory. God's glory is a commodity that is produced and manifested through actions of heavenly beings, or we as saints, his sons and daughters. That's something that we do, an action that we take. I'm not speaking of something that we work up in ourselves or in our own works, or I'm not speaking of emotions and feelings either. Though when the glory of God is present, it often affects my emotions. Let's look closer then at the active process of producing glory that's going to fill the earth, the glory that God wants to use that's going to fill the whole earth, as Habakkuk said, and as it says in other scriptures. The first point we have to come to and realize is we live out of or work from his presence. We are, as his sons and daughters, seated together with him in the spiritual realm. Ephesians 1.3 says, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Ephesians 2, 4 to 6 says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised up with him he has seated us in heavenly places. Now in Isaiah 6, where we, the other major scripture we opened up with, and, and also we're going to be look at a little later another uh, prophet, Ezekiel. These guys were prophets that were what we would call seer prophets. In other words, they received a lot of visions and dreams that God used to speak to Israel and Judah. He used those visions and dreams to speak to the people of God. Um, he, would, he would give them a dream or a vision, and they'd interpret it. And they were seers, and they had to enter that realm or that presence. They weren't put there like we are because that did not happen until after the death of Christ that we had that privilege of being always seated in the heavenly. So we had an advantage over them. They had to almost go from an earthly position to a heavenly position. So let's look again at Isaiah. The major, one of the major scriptures I opened with was Isaiah 6. He's in the throne room of heaven and in the presence of God's glory. And in this presence, he was cleansed and by, remember the coal that was put on his lip, lips, and then qualified and commissioned for service and ministry. There was a production of glory in the throne room, and, and God began to work. And in this throne room and in this production of glory, 
Isaiah was commissioned, and the father was looking for somebody to go on a mission, to do something for him. And what did he say? You know, who will go for us? And Isaiah spoke up and said, here am I, send me. Very important work that was done that day, because probably the greatest messianic prophet, Isaiah, was called to his ministry, which was mainly to, I believe, the nation of Israel, but also to Judah. Let's dig deeper into the scene a little bit here and look what happened. Through the production and atmosphere of God's glory, we are showing that the next point, God's glory must be present like it was there for Isaiah. That is, it must be made and produced in order for him to work. God's glory and working are never separate from each other. So in this heavenly vision or scene that Isaiah was in, the seraphim were flying around, if you can picture it, all around the throne and the angels, and they were singing and saying, holy. And one would say to the other one, holy. And the other one would say, holy. And this process was going on and on. And the glory of God was building because God's glory completely filled the temple. In other words, they were producing God's glory as they glorified him. Backing up a bit further, I want to ask you, what was God's first creation? Was it not the heavenly host? God didn't even create the world until he first created the angels. The Bible tells us the angelic host, the angelic host, is innumerable in host, multitudinous in number. In Revelation, even with a third of them that have been fallen away when they, when they went and rebelled with Satan, they still could not be numbered. And it says, as they gathered around God's throne, there were 10,000 times 10,000s, thousands upon thousands that could never be numbered. Why? Why do you suppose that is? Because God would create the heavenly host first to glorify him and to give him glory. I submit to you, God never operates outside of his glory. God never manifests himself in power outside of his glory. God never enthrones himself or enshrines himself outside or apart from his glory. The Bible tells us the angels were primarily created for one thing, to give God praise and glory. In Revelation, we find them around the throne, continually singing, Thou art worthy to receive glory and honor and power. God receives glory in heaven as the angelic hosts and beings never take their eyes off of him. And they cry, holy, 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 continually, from one corner of heaven to the other. The whole place is always continually filled with the breath of God's holiness and glory, creating the atmosphere from which God moves and acts on the sons and daughters of God's behalf. In the atmosphere of glory, God makes judgments and decisions. In that atmosphere of glory, God is ruling. In that atmosphere of glory, God sends out his commands by his angels, by his servants, by his sons and daughters. In this atmosphere of glory, God is enthroned. From this atmosphere of glory, God does all his work. God did not say, let there be light, until he first said, let there be an angelic host to give me glory. I believe I have created it them to give me glory. And when the angels began to shower God with glory, he began to create this world. 
It was in an atmosphere of glory where God said, let there be light. In an atmosphere of glory, he said, let the earth bring forth abundantly. In an atmosphere of glory, man was created from the dust of the earth. God did all the work of creation within an atmosphere of glory. You see, God's glory is God's manifest presence in which, as I said, he works and creates. So in this text, as the seraphim and angels are moving around God's throne, singing holy, 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 and glory is filling that temple that Isaiah was in, we can look at verse 4. What, ha- what began to happen in this wonderful place where this, this, temp- this tempest of glory is rising, it's being produced. What begins to happen, the foundations of that tabernacle begin to tremble. The building begins to move back and forth, straining and struggling as the place is becoming so full and pregnant, rich and heavy with the glory of God. Remember, kavod means rich, heavy. It's getting so full of God's glory. And out of that, again, Isaiah is qualified and commissioned in the ministry as a prophet. So you see, whenever we see God enthroned as Isaiah did, It is not just to look pretty and pompous as a king over all creation in the world. God was there to execute commands and judgments, to set Isaiah in place as a prophet to his people. For us, it is the same. He is there in an atmosphere of glory to bring healing. He is there in an atmosphere of glory to bring deliverance, vindication, commissioning into a ministry on our behalf. Today there is plenty of glory in heaven. There's no lack of glory there because the angels continually shower God with praise. However, the earth in which we temporarily live is another matter altogether. In a measure, as when Jesus was born, the angels glorify God on earth also. And yet in this world, it is us, his church, his bride, that he is looking to to bring him glory. So let's go on. We are called, the next point is, we are called as sons and daughters to produce the glory from which God will work. We are called as sons and daughters to produce the glory from which God will work in. John 7, 37 to 39. Let's read that. I have that here in my notes. Now on that last day of the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Verse 38, he who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Make note of that. As we move along, we'll talk about that more. From his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this spake he, or spoke he, of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So, prophetic anticipation of being filled with the Holy Ghost and having that well up inside of you, not in cricks or streams, but in rivers. Another scripture, when we're talking about sons and daughters producing the glory for God to work in, talks about in Ephesians 5, 19 through 21 speaking to one another in psalms, 
first of all, but be filled with the Spirit, verse 18, verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks. Remember the angels always continually praising for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. And be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Psalm 22.3 You, O Lord, are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. Remember how we talked about the angels were around the throne praising him? 1 Corinthians 3.16 Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? So there we see John 7.37-39 Prophetic anticipation of God's Spirit inside of us. And then here in Corinthians, it talks about we're the temple of God, that we hold God inside of us. Acts 17, 28, I'll leave you with. For in him we live and move and have our being. Him we live and move and have our being. We're controlled by God. We're to be vessels that produce his glory. So we'll go over this again. The whole earth will be filled with the glory of God, like the waters, Habakkuk 2.14, cover the sea, that's parallel with John 7, rivers of living water. And then Isaiah 6, Isaiah was there in the throne room. The process was taking place to produce and create glory. And it says the whole earth is filled with his glory. And then the temple began to tremble and shake as that glory was starting to come out. We're going to prove in this lesson, and we'll come back in lesson two for more points. We bear and clearly display God's glory as his sons and daughters, and we're partners with him together to produce the glory that will fill the earth. What a wonderful, wonderful calling we have. God bless you, my friends, and thank you for listening today to The Kingdom Corner.